What is good, everyone, and welcome back to the Nostalgia Plus Ultra Podcast. My name is Nostalgia. Joining me is As Told by Zoe. What's good, my guy? What is up, man? Not much, man. Uh, welcome back to the pod. Welcome back to the recording. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed uh, the last episode on what makes a protagonist interesting. Uh, today, we have what makes an anta- antagonist interesting. Um, again, hope you guys. hopefully you guys watched um, the Neon Neko Sugar Girls video that we did, the reaction video. Um, I didn't check any of the statistics on it or whatever, but I hope you guys enjoyed that. For those that did watch it, um, we had a good time recording it. Uh, we have enough for two two more parts. You said you said so. Uh, yeah, I think so. So I mean, so yeah. If you want those two parts, just let us know. We'd be more than happy to just get those up there and um, and uh, and see what y'all think. But I generally enjoyed like <laughs> the edit of the first one. So yeah, I'm excited for the other two if we get around to making them. Um, but yeah. So before we get started, um, I know Zoe, you said you had a question you need to ask me. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> it's what not like is a your question. It's not like a crazy important question. It's just I'm hype for October. I'm hype for Chainsaw Man. I think that's kind yeah. of my my most hype anime for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And uh what the I could have asked you this yesterday, but I just want to yeah. ask you this now cuz it could fill out the time. What the fuck yeah. is power's power? What is power's power? I is it a spoiler? Not necessarily, but I feel like it would be more beneficial for you to just figure that out when you get to her. Oh, you show. need to like figure it out? Not figure it out, but like I feel like it, it kind of adds to... Well, does it really add to her character? Because they really don't bring up that much rest of the story. In the, in the trailer, I just see her jumping off a building, and then she makes a hammer of blood. And I was like, what the fuck? <sighs> okay, so... This isn't like a huge spoiler that matters in terms of like the the overall like arching story on one what what happens or anything, but power because you know about the whole thing of people being devils and stuff, right? Power is a devil. And I power figure. power is like the blood devil. So like her powers involve like taking her blood and like forming it into certain things. That's badass. She's yeah, a blood so, like, devil. So like literally, so when she like jumps out the window and I hammer, that's like a hammer made out of her own blood. That's sick. Yeah. Also, what you sent me yesterday. I, With what? I can't have shit in this house. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Nah, Powers a is is a is a nasty individual. Uh-oh. I'm just gonna let you know that right now. People, people that are gonna be simping for power on the timeline. I think thinking she's a she's a great character. She's a very interesting character. I think she's very funny. I think she kind of adds to the ridiculousness of of Chainsaw Man. But people generally like being attractive to her is like wa- weird to me. I'm sorry if you feel that way, but that's weird because she is I a under- nasty individual. I understood it for a second, and then you sent me something, and it pissed me off so bad. <laughs> Oh, what did, what did he say? That shit was okay, wild. Okay, so <laughs> I, I, I sent Taylor, it was like a fan art. It was like a cat licking her leg, and then Power was doing the same thing. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cute and quirky. I get it. And then Taylor sent back, it's canonical. She doesn't wipe. And I said, no, yeah. I can't have shit in this house. 
<laughs> no, the guy said some weird shit though. He was like, "At least she's fucking she, bathing." Yeah, no, that's that's that was the cat. The picture, it's a picture of like the cat, and then she's like doing the same thing the cat's doing, and then uh, Aki and Denji are like, "At least she's finally fucking bathing," which is hilarious because she's a weirdo and she's nasty. And so, and then in response to that, I sent a follow-up tweet in that thread that said, she canonically doesn't wipe either. I want to sniff her so bad. First off. That's first so off, gross. That's disgusting. People just get on Twitter and say anything. I... Ah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm excited for the show, but... Not that excited. Jeez. Holy shit. But yeah, I think yeah, that's not too much of a spoiler for you. Yeah, power is the the blood devil, if my memory serves. I'm okay. I'm probably gonna end up rereading Chainsaw Man Part One just because I want to. Um and I yeah, I'll probably either confirm that next episode or when we're not recording, so <laughs> um, I'm not even gonna ask about Makima's power because I saw uh That's a huge that's that, a big spoiler. It's a huge yeah. spoiler. Holy I saw shit, a figurine a that looks so sick. But I'm just gonna keep it to myself. If I if if it's if the figurine is depicting what I think it's depicting, that's a huge spoiler. That's a huge spoiler. Like if I was to tell you that, it would ruin like ninety five percent of the story for you. Uh, okay, I won't. I won't ask. I'm just gonna yeah, wait. If, till the... if it's if it's the if don't it's what don't I don't even don't even explain. Don't even explain. No, 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 no. I'm just saying if it's what I think it is, that's a huge spoiler. Okay, Got so <laughs> speaking of. Um, you know, characters stuff like that. We're going to get into certain antagonists that we think are interesting. And um, I'm going to start with you again, Zoe. What do you think? Again, okay, for those that didn't listen to the last episode, we did what makes an uh, a protagonist interesting. And basically the whole episode was just us detailing what we as individuals that consume media, like anime, video games, TV, other stuff like that, what we consider an interesting character to us, like what characters we are drawn to. Um, so when it comes to protagonists, we had our certain way of thinking about certain things. When it comes to antagonists, we have a different way. So, so what, what makes an antagonist interesting to you? Uh, I have a few, I said this before the pod, uh, they're not anime antagonists. Um, again, I'm watching the boys. I had just finished watching breaking bad. Um, you know, it's kind of the normie thing to say, but like Homelander is actually very well written. And it's like, I like, okay, I like the show and the show obviously has, um, like it makes fun of, uh, modern day politics, uh, performative activism, uh, internet culture, all that stuff. But what genuinely makes me like the show is just like... The main villain is just, like, is, like, is a villain. It's not something you'll find in, like, regular day, which, like, makes it less depressing, you know? If, yeah. If the actual, like, yes, products of capitalism and stuff like that. But if that was, like, the main thing, I think the show would be more depressing. But it's more about, like, without spoiling anything, it's just more about, like, Homelander being mentally ill. But also having Superman's powers, you know. So they're just giving an giving an unhinged person. So everything, yeah, because because he's genuinely scary. Like yeah. there are scenes. I'm on season three, and there are scenes he has with. Um, he had one with Huey. 
he had one with uh, Starlight, where he, the actor's phenomenal, where he just takes over the fucking room, and you're like, holy shit, like, like, how the fuck are they gonna get around this, and, but it's also like, he's, he's also like Mob, in the sense that, like, we, we said it last week, how Mob is in the middle of this whole fucking psychic fight, but he just wants to, like, hang out and be a kid. Yeah. Like, I, like this guy's evil. It's not that he has any redeeming qualities, but, like, at the same time, it's like, he, ju- he just wants to be loved. If he doesn't have love, then he'll, like, explode and, like, go the fuck off. He, he needs to be loved by... If it's not, his audience has to be someone that's a you know enabling him and telling him like you're the best and you're this like he's kind of a little kid he throws tantrums when he doesn't have what he has and i think i think the rest of the heroes who are villains are also interesting because they're not it's not it's not a group of homelanders it's like the main scary one is homelander and then there's there's a the ceo of vat He's just, that one is just, you know, capitalism, money first. And then yeah. and there's A-Train, who he's like kind of an asshole, but he's not like a villain. He was just on, on drugs. Um, Maeve isn't really a villain. She's just a product of the situation she was put in. Uh, right. The Deep is a irredeemable for what he did in season one. But oh again, my God. He, but again, he's not a he's not a villain. He's just a dickhead, and he likes fame, and he's yeah. he's like he's like super insecure, and he's a follower. Yeah. Like whatever Homelander tells him, he's like yes sir. Like he's he's just yeah I don't, a follower. Yeah, I, like, I don't think the deep is a villain, and I I think it was it was crazy. I already knew what kind of time I think they did a really good job of establishing what kind of time he was going to be on from the get go. When like Starlight first became a superhero, uh-huh. and like she first meets the Deep like the, for the first time, and like that scene in general, like when she like turns around and he's like there, I was like, oh yeah, this gonna be a wild ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then fucking dude, in season two, they like they make it more prominent that he's just a follower. Like he joins this Church of the Collective, and then there's a hero that helped him out. And they and the head of the church is asking him, "Oh, what do you think of Eagle?" And he's like, "Oh, he's my friend. He's my brother. He helped me out." But Eagle escapes the church and is talking shit about the church. So the head of the church is like, "I think he's a toxic personality." And then immediately Deep is like, "Oh yeah, fuck that guy. I hate him." <laughs> and it's played off like comedically because again, he's not a villain. He's just a dickhead. Yeah. Like, the main that's villain funny. is Homelander. And that's kind of why I like the show more. Yeah. Um, okay. That's that's pretty. I like. I do enjoy Homelander. I think you honestly can't get enough of him, especially because he's on Twitter. Like, those two clips surface every fucking, like, no matter where you're at, you're going to scroll. You're going to see the two. All right. Two, uh, <laughs> you're going to see those two clips every time. Or three of them. It's like him in the theater. It's like people clapping around him. And then it's the one where he's, like, walking. He's like... Like having he's like, like a that. mental breakdown. He's like, fuck, fuck. <laughs> he's crying for his be- a second. He's like, Ooh. exactly. Um, <laughs> for me, I guess 
I like to, I guess, be more, I don't know, I guess write things down a little bit differently than you do. So mine is when it comes to interesting antagonists, they either have to be very intelligent and calculating or just a straight-up menace. There's no in-between for me. It's like if, if I'm drawn to a character, it's got to be like you are, like you had this whole thing planned out from the beginning and you you like have a certain plan, you execute it, and you're very intelligent about said plan. Or you are just evil for the sake of being evil and you're really good at being evil. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like when it comes to like anime, because I took more of an anime approach to this question, uh, surprisingly enough, like the big three have developed three of my favorite villains for Shonen. They're the big like, three for a reason. It's true, but like it's just like one of those things where I watch like a lot more anime than just the big three or Shonen. Sure. And they and there are three of them. Three of the villains are three of my main favorites. Like Madara, Aizen, and Doflamingo are three of my favorite villains ever. Doflamingo and Aizen are pretty close up there, like as far as number one. And like, what's funny, like, I didn't really talk about One Piece too much in uh, last episode with Luffy, but I kind of want to do a little bit different. If Moody, you're for listening to this, I apologize. But <laughs> um, if uh, for Doflamingo, right, he kind of falls in both categories. So like, he has like a a, a plan of. Uh, I feel like it's kind of a spoiler because you're gonna. You're gonna. Uh, I don't know if you're ever gonna even get around to watching Dude, One Piece at all. But it's a thousand episodes long. I'll get there someday. It doesn't matter. I don't care. Basically, like, there's like a certain level of royalty within the world of of One Piece, and Doflamingo is part of that royalty. But I think his father did some shit to where he wanted to be more in tune with just regular people, and Doflamingo wasn't really about that as a child, so he became like a menace, and so. <laughs> Basically, with his powers, he basically manipulated an entire, an entire city, an entire kingdom, into thinking that their king was like a villainous murderer. But like his power, like his 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 uh, devil fruit power, is the ability to like create strings, so you can like he can like manipulate people like a puppet, essentially. So he just basically manipulated an entire kingdom into thinking their king was like mercilessly slaughtering slaughtering everybody. Dolphinico comes in to like save the people and now like he's overrunning it and he's become like this big warlord of the sea. So like in that regard, he's calculating, but also that man is just evil. <laughs> like he is the straight, just like black air force energy type. Like he just does not care. He like will mercilessly kill people, he, but he does it in a very like cold and calculating way. And I think it's kind of where he falls into both. Um, my my favorite villain though, like one of my favorite villains that's not in Shonen, is Friend from Twentieth Century Boys. It's a manga. I've oh yeah, I been you were talking about this for raving. A while. Like I think Twentieth Century Boys might be one of my favorite stories ever, just manga. And Friend might be one of like the best like villains I've ever I've ever seen. And it's not even the situation where like he himself is like the some kind of crazy catalyst for everything. It's just the fact that you really do not like figure out who he is until almost like four chapters from an ending. And he's had such an influence on the world. Like every time a main character talks to like some regular one-off character, you always have to have in the back of your mind that they could be 
a follower a friend. So like every time you like watch something or you see something on screen uh, on the uh, you flip the pages and you like watch these main characters go through and talk to these people and get this plan together about how they're going to take friend down. It's always some random character that they talk to a few chapters earlier that's a follower or friend that they think, oh, he might be on our side, but he's really not. Like, it's just the crazy thing, like, how he was able to manipulate almost, like, the entire country, almost basically the entire world into being in this cult. And it's like, I don't know, it's a super cool. Like, if you haven't read it, for those that are listening, if you haven't read 20th Century Boys, I, I would appreciate uh, you guys uh, checking that out. And I think his design, too, is super, it's a super, like, I don't know, eerie and creepy to me. Because, like, he just has, like, all he does is he has the mask on with the little symbol for the friend cult. And then he just wears, like, a suit, like a three-piece suit, and that's it. And he stands like the most awkward individual ever. Are you looking him up? Uh, no, I'm, I'm looking up someone that I just thought of. And it's it's a little curveball, but but continue. Yeah, so like that's basically him. I think I'll when it com- and then when it comes to when it comes to like evil, just straight up evil characters, I gotta go with Dio from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's just straight. He's just straight evil. <laughs> like, he- do not bring that boy around any dogs. <laughs> so I'm saying, bro, he's just evil. Like, there's no real. I mean, obviously, there's a there's a plan that he has in place, but it's really just deep-seated hatred for one family this man (laughs) is named friend this man looks nothing close to a friend (laughs) bro okay but his backstory and how he became friend is also pretty like when it when oh you take 20th century he runs a cult doesn't he he looks like a cult leader yeah it's basically the friend cult is it's a big cult it basically takes over the entire world so okay for for you and then those that don't know about 20th Century Boys, basically there's a group of childhood friends in Japan. And the leader, I guess, of these this friend group, his name's Kenji. I think his name's Kenji. Yeah, his name's Kenji. Basically, Kenji wants to become a hero one day, essentially. As like, you know, a little kid, you think of imagination. So him and his friends create this story or this like plan for what kind of villain they would fight as a hero and what he would do to the world to take over the world or whatever. Like oh, you just make up a villain. I remember mind. you explaining this to me. <clears throat> so basically they create this huge plan, this like crazy plan that spans over the course of like several years and, and what this villain would end up doing to the people and how he would manipulate people and how he would like come to power. And it would be up to Kenji and his friends to defeat him. The key now is that one of the friends in that group, because they don't really, they, sh- they show you a little bit of the, of the group and like mm-hmm. gradually expand who was in that group as the story continues. The key now is one of the people in that group, one of the little kids in that group actually went through with the plan. <laughs> actually went through with the plan. And, and you don't know who it is. And you do not know who it is. So basically the key now of the story is trying to figure out who friend is and stop him before he essentially just almost just basically murders everybody in the world. And it's, I don't know, it, it's super cool how they set up the story and, and certain things that they, they do within the story to kind of give friend this larger than life persona, even though he really like is rarely on 
I guess I say on screen, but he really shows up in the story until like later on. Like he shows up, he shows up in like a big part of like a climax of like a, of like act one, I guess, of the story. Mm-hmm. In act one of the story, he, he shows up with the climax, and then he really does not make that many appearances at all until like towards the very end. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's crazy how like they can keep him <clears throat> relevant and like such a scary presence for that long in the story without him really being there all the time. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, I don't know. I just went on 20th century. Uh, this was not supposed to be a 20th century boys episode. This was the antagonist episode. But <laughs> I um, have a really good antagonist. He he falls into the straight menace category. Yeah. And I I guarantee a bunch of people, you won't guess who I'm thinking of. People listening won't guess who I'm thinking of. But once I say it, it's going to be like, "Oh shit." Okay, who is it? The antagonist I'm thinking of, Judge Claude Frollo from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. That man oh, is my a God. menace. He's the fucking worst. Dude, he is so horny that he's like, I can't have her. I'm going to burn the city down. <laughs> Oh, bro. He was incels before incels. Yeah, nah, that's crazy. The I'm, I'm reading this right now. One of the rec- the directors of the movie described him as a horrible, horrible person, while the voice actor compared him to Hannibal Lecter. Oh, my God. Yeah, nah, he was really just evil for the sake of being evil. He manipulated uh, Quasimodo, being like, you ugly as fuck, boy, stay up there in the clock tower. <laughs> And then was racist to to Esmeralda, but Loki yeah. was like, I'm trying to get at Shoddy. Then when she rejects him, he goes, I'm going scorched earth. <laughs> I'm going scorched earth. <clears throat> he really tried to break him down to build him up method, which never works, by the way. And in, in Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, he did all that with the help of Heartlesses. <laughs> Yeah, that nigga was a menace, bro. Holy shit. He's also uh, a religious, like, fanatic, like, almost cult-like, you know? Oh, yeah. Is it? It's the Catholic Church, isn't it? Yeah. He's uh, he's portrayed in the film as a ruthless, self-righteous, short-tempered, and fanatically religious French minister of justice. Yeah. Crazy. He views the world and everyone in it, except for himself, as corrupt and sinful, even though he's trying to pipe before marriage. Yeah. That's his nah, whole hip- thing. He's a good villain. He's, he's good. He's very good. Like you just He comes on screen, you just do not like him. You know what's funny? You said the scorched earth thing. You know what it made me think of? What's up? Dracula from Castlevania. Oh, my God. He's a, he's a great villain. Bro, episode one, immediately, you're like, Oh, but he means business. He's like, he does not care. What's crazy, though, is he's a villain, but he's also justified in his villainy. Yeah. <laughs> Low-key, if, yeah, yeah. if we're being honest, he's justified. I think it's just one of those things where, you know, the his love interest was healing people with herbs and, med- and regular medicine that you would find somewhere in, the, in nature. You and know the, church and the, the church thought like she was that. a witch. And they burned her at the stake, and then he was like, 
I'm murdering everybody. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. So, so the moral of this of this episode is the best villain on earth is actually the Catholic Church. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's like the byline for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> what makes an antagonist interesting? Side note, it's the Catholic Church. <laughs> Are there any other um so church like villains? I don't I don't know. Uh, not really. I did have a couple that I wanted to talk about, like, um, cause I know I mentioned, uh, certain villains. I know people are going to be like, Oh, what about what well, I mentioned it for big three? I mentioned Madara, but I know people like, it's a kind of a toss up on what antagonist people generally like across Naruto. And I'm more partial to Madara than I am to pain, but I do uh, like is Madara. The he has the gray kimono and he has the big fan. Yes, it's Madarochiya. Yes. Okay. So, Pain is the member of the Akatsuki that yeah ends up yeah yeah, yeah. I, know, so, I know who Pain is. Yeah. So, w- the reason why I don't like Pain as much is while I do like enjoy him being on screen, I enjoy that situation. I think certain characters where uh, I think. I don't know. It's like hard to explain. Basically, like I think Madara's plan and how he kind of went through it, and just the fact that he was just this all-powerful being is crazy. And honestly, I feel like if there wouldn't really be a pain without Madara, if my knowledge of Naruto works, I think there wouldn't be a pain without Madara. So, like Madara, you know, pain and and what he meant to the the message of Naruto, I guess, with his old adage of like the world needs to understand like pain in order to be able to connect with other people right like i I, that's basically his message to the world although although the method in which he carries it out isn't uh the best i guess i'll say it like that isn't the best uh with madara you could just see just the, the overall plan. Like, this man literally went into... Because, obviously, you're not really going to watch Naruto. Because I, I could just talk about this like this. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, he basically I, I went care. he basically went into these, like, Uchiha clan, like, tombs with the stone tablet that basically just explained how, like, the infinite Tsukiyomi works and how... Or, like, basically, like an infinite slumber technique works. And how the, how the Sharingan works, right? This man legitimately changed the wording on the stone tablets to then make the Uchiha family kill each other. Oh, wait, did, oh, was this, no, wait, was this Madara or was it somebody else? I think, Uh-oh. no, 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 I have it wrong. No, I have this wrong. Somebody else did that. But I think he, but after Madara, like, sees the, the stone tablets, he goes and he uh, basically concocts his plan Although, albeit, like, not the best plan to just, like, get all these tailed beasts together, be the genturiki of those ten, of those ta- of the ten tailed beasts, and then uh, force people into an infinite slumber where there's no, no uh, harm done to people. Everybody's at peace. The only problem is nobody has free will. So it's like, do you really want to sure. <laughs> do that, basically? But... Um, uh, yeah, it's, I just think I don't know, and he's just 
one of the most powerful ninja of all time in the universe of Naruto. So like when you that whole that fight scene with with like Madara versus X number of of ninja when he comes back because was what you gotta think they've been hinting at him at his appearance since like chapter five of or episode like five or six of Naruto. He doesn't show up until I guess it was like chapter four hundred something. Or like episode whatever, like he was, he didn't, he got mentioned in regular Naruto, doesn't show up until th- like seventy five percent of the way into Naruto Shippuden. So like they've been building him up, and he just comes on screen for one of the first Wait, times and just wrecks show everybody. Till Shippuden. Yeah. Wow! Holy shit! Yeah. They've been building him up for a lot. Like, they were building him up since the beginning. And so then when they – and obviously you got to think, like, he's – I'm getting into a lot of, like, Naruto lore. So it's sure. like – it's kind of like – so a lot of my, my storylines and, and, and knowledge are running together. But basically, he's – at the point when he shows up in Shippuden, he's dead. But Kabuto invokes this, like, forbidden jutsu to, to reanimate all of these former great ninja – and Madara was one of them that he he reanimates. Oh hell no! And so obviously, so Madara he gets reanimated at the at the peak of his ability, and just comes through and wrecks everybody. And it's like one of the it's like one of like the most iconic scenes in Naruto, which is him just like fucking everybody up. So like in that regard, I think his I, I think he's more interesting to me than he is than I am like drawn to pain or whatever. Um, and this one, okay, there's one villain I want to talk about, and it might be getting to spoiler territory. But do you, did you think Junko Enoshima from Danganronpa was an interesting villain? I think, I think, I think she's not interesting until uh, the Danganronpa two anime came out. Because in the in the oh yeah in the in the in Danganronpa one, there there is like a lot of subtext. But you just kind of like. You just like she just pops out of nowhere and is like, oh, the person, who actually died, wasn't me. That was someone that I worked with, and this and that, and it's kind of like, okay, but like, in a game where you're supposed to solve mysteries, how are we supposed to solve that? And then Danganronpa 2 comes out, which I think is better written, because I like that class more than the OGs. Yeah. And then the anime comes out, which kind of shows how... Oh, that, like, separate season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, which shows how <clears throat> Junko got that class to go crazy, and how she... Uh, her relationship with... I forgot her name, but the, the girl who dressed up as her and then died... Her, her like right hand oh, man. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Her, her oh. relationship with her. What is her name? And how she fucked was... up she is. Yeah. That like she gets interesting there. Yeah. So it's like kind of a slow burn for her, even though I love. I love Danganronpa. It's great. Yeah, we we are big Danganronpa fans over here. It's great. It's just <laughs> as as a villain, she's not interesting until you know everything, which I know for some people that's kind of a lot of work to do. Yeah, like watch. Like play the first game or and or watch the first season, then watch or play season two, and then watch the no. That's the thing. Prequel you season. You, 
to kind of get the whole thing, you have to play the second game because there's no anime version of the second game. True. I forgot. Yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no anime version of the second game. Basically, it's the first game, which is season one, and then season two is a prequel to the first game. Yeah. So you have to play the second game sometime. Which is crazy because the prequel to the second game has all of the characters from the set. The prequel to the first game has the, has the, has characters, the characters from the, from second, the game. second game. Yes, from the second game. So, like, I feel bad for people that really got to go through that. My thing with Junko, though, is that she was interesting, kind of like how you said, until the third game, until the ending of the third game, I thought she was interesting. After Me? the ending of the third game, it just destroys everything I had built as far as my interest in Junko. We have to hash this out in a separate episode. <laughs> we really do. They leave the ending open. Do they? Yes. Because before, before who I thought was my favorite girl in that game, <laughs> I forgot her name, but she f- fucked me over. She ended up being the villain. She, she says something before she dies. She says something like, like being a copycat. Yeah. So it's kind of left open-ended as like, yes, this for V3, you are in a reality show, but this reality show is based off of true events that they did also in the show. It's convoluted Japanese story writing. They never said it was a based off true events. They basically had said the entire thing from Danganronpa 1. Okay, sorry. Sorry. Spoilers for Danganronpa, the entire story. Yeah. Spoilers for Danganronpa. If you do not want to be spoiled, please skip ahead a couple minutes. They basically said that from Danganronpa 1 all the way to Danganronpa 3 was entirely fake. They said that. They no, said the entire thing was fake. The three, the three students who made it out alive, they specifically show... Um, <laughs> God, I can't believe I can, I'm forgetting these people's names. The the guy you play as, the the detective. Yes. He says literally. He goes, "Didn't you hear what she said? She said copycat. So maybe it was true." And the creator of Danganronpa has basically said, "Yes, I left it open ended in case I want to come back." Oh boy, I don't know. I'm like, the agree. way they kind of V three is not the best in terms of of payoff. I think it has cool ideas. Yeah, like, I feel like the payoff was, like, because you're, like, I think at that point, because you're supposed to, again, spoilers, again, if you're still listening and you haven't played it or watched it, I feel sorry for you. Because uh, at that point, they, you kind of, on the assumption that Junko's dead, that they killed yeah. him. Yeah, no, I, then, I think that that is true because how many years in the future this one takes place? Yeah. I don't know. I just think they 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 say Juko's dead, and then I don't know. Like they have this weird thing, and they basically like explained that from Danganronpa one. Like even the prequels, Danganronpa like the even like they applied even the season where like they're showing how Junko came into power. Even that was fake. It was like a reality show, and I was like, what? I don't know. It was just kind the of way, annoying. So the way I took it with what the protagonist says at the end was uh Danganronpa 1 2 and the seasons happened but they came back from Junko taking over the world and to not freak out anymore kind of like a purge they have this 
to keep people's minds at ease and shit like that. That's yeah. what I got from the whole copycat. And it's like, maybe Junko did exist and shit like that. I but guess. we got to get back to the topic. This is a, a different episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think <laughs> as far as that goes, I just think by the Junko, for me at least, was interesting. And then by the end of it, of end of Danganronpa 3, I think it kind of, like, destroyed my foundation of having an interest for it because they said it was, you know, whatever. But, okay, we got, you're definitely going to do, like, a whole Danganronpa episode. She is a menace, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, like just evil for the sake of being evil. Like, for, for most of game one, you're kind of like, okay, murder mystery, kind of cool, pink blood, it's not that crazy. And then yeah. they explain what, like, her cult did, and they, like, chopped her limbs off and attached it to themselves and some of them had sex with her corpse and you're like holy shit oh my god <laughs> who was what was the guy's name that was just like the fanatic that had his like he had his hand had his arms who hit his hand was junkos yeah was, fucking was, um bro every, the end. every girl's favorite character in that game was it was it nagi Mangan, yeah Nagito. I'm almost positive it's Nagito. It's Nagito, isn't it? On Steam, this game has a 10 out of 10. It's a good game. It's a good game. It's a good game. A little convoluted, and some of the side quests are yeah, boring, but, but it's what, it's a good game. What Japanese game isn't convoluted? Let's be honest. That's yeah, true. Nag- Nagito. It was Nagito. Nagito Komaeda, voiced by Bryce Pappenbrook. Very good voice actor. And if my memory serves, it was the wrong hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, it was like backwards. He had like two left hands or some yeah, shit like that. it was crazy. <laughs> crazy. Bro, um, this game had Bryce Pappenbrook and Johnny Young Bosch. This, this game's voice cast is amazing. Who did Johnny play? Uh, Hajime. It was, yeah, it was Hajime. Yeah. The GOAT. Oh my God, and Kira Buckland was Hiyoko. She's Jolene. Cast. Oh, yeah. She had a good cast. That was a good cast. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that game's fucking sick. It was great. <laughs> um, as far as, I guess, other video game antagonists go, do you have any others? Okay. I'm gonna, You're going to want to strap in for this one. Oh, Lord. Um, Here we go. I'm, I'm about to get started. <laughs> Uh, you know, everyone always brings him up as like a good villain because he has like a good, a cool design and he's kind of a menace. But if you actually play Final Fantasy VII, Sephiroth, his whole lore is crazy. He's fucking sick. He was, he was Gaia's hero. He was the number one soldier first class he was the man if there was a problem he stepped in to fix shit yeah and then there's this whole back uh flashback um i don't do you care if i spoil the entire thing Eh, i mean i'm not too deep into final fantasy lore so you're good to go there's a flashback that that cloud has in the middle of the game and then you find out later that it wasn't really Cloud. It was actually Zack. Cloud was there, but he was one of the 
lackeys. He's like a soldier third class, I think. And then Zack yeah. is the guy that has the buster sword and then gives it to Cloud. And then there's this whole thing. But during yeah. that flashback, uh, Zack and uh, Sephiroth are called in to fix some shit. These are the boys. These are yeah. the, the guys who fix everything. And Cloud is there to just be extra backup. And once they get to the mountain where they need to fix the shit, uh, you see uh, the, the, the kind of the main... It's kind of a MacGuffin kind of a character. It's called Genova. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's what soldiers are injected with. Soldiers are injected with Genova cells to make them what they are. To make Sephiroth what he was. To make Zack and Cloud what they are. Mm-hmm. But Sephiroth was like the first of its kind. Like the way he was born was uh, the, the main scientist, Hojo, who's fucked up. He's crazy in the head. Impregnates another scientist who that's another story was vincent with his wife and then she was so invested in science that she was like i'm sorry i can't be your wife anymore i gotta mother this child and this and that it's crazy when she was pregnant with sephiroth she was injected with the soldier uh with the genova cells that grew sephiroth so advanced that she ends up dying, giving birth to him, and then he's like from as from a child, he's raised to be what he is. But when he finds yeah. this out, when he finds this out, because Genova is basically like telling him, he goes, he like loses his mind, and he's like, he basically kind of turns into Homelander, and he's like, he's like, I don't, why am I saving these people? I am the best that this world has to offer, and then everyone <laughs> is like. Holy shit. What the fuck? Fucking Cloud stabs him and he comes back. Like he just. <laughs> he just can't die. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, when you're playing the original Final Fantasy 7, kind of like Madara, he's kind of like hinted at, but he's he's not shown to like the middle of the game. Yeah. Um. You know, people are hinting at him. Sephiroth is so strong. Sephiroth is this. There's a swamp in the game that you can't pass unless you do certain story things. Mm-hmm. And the reason you can't pass it is because a giant serpent will come and it's like level... It's like at a level 50. And it will one-shot your party because it's kind of early in the game. You're like... I want to say when you see it, you're like at a level 10, maybe. Yeah. But when you finish the story beats and you go back to the swamp... The serpent is impaled in a giant tree. Oh. And then people are like, what? And someone says, that was Sephiroth. He just fucking... That's hard. Yeah. It's like, before even seeing this motherfucker, you're scared as shit already. Yeah. And another another reason why he's so kind of... He's kind of scary... Every time you see him in the game, it's not him. What they are, there are, there are 
failed soldier experiments. There were people that were injected with the Genova cells, but they couldn't handle it. So they're they're dying of uh, Mako radiation. Yeah. But he's like the the big dog. So he sends out he like what's it called when you're like you you have like an out of body experience. Oh, uh, like like. Like not like astral projection, does he? He basically astral projects himself onto these dying men. So you know, you know the whole thing. You know, everyone knows Sephiroth kills Aerith. Yes, that's that not wasn't... really him. That's one of these that. dying men. God dang! That he astral <laughs> projects on, and he like that's how scary he is. He's up that's in the crazy. north. He's in the fucking crater. He's doing his own thing. That's crazy. He's an insane <laughs> villain. Wow. Yeah. Honestly, if you have your own theme, you're a, a good villain. Yeah. And he goes so crazy. He wants to destroy the world so much that he 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 kind of wins until the end. Yeah. He like he kills Aerith, which is what he was trying to do, and he summons Meteor. The Meteor is literally this close to touching Earth. The only reason he won is because as he killed Aerith, Aerith also summoned Holy. So yeah. the, the ending, you're Cloud. You're supposed to be Cloud, who I think is also an... I should have talked about him. He's He is an interesting protagonist because he's not actually the chosen one. He's just yeah. some rando who decided to step up. I'm not the stepfather. I'm the father who stepped father up. Stepped up. <laughs> um, <laughs> So the ending, it's like all these people who you played as, they, they're powerless to do anything because they're watching uh, half-angel man fight dead, deceased, ancient woman. And you, they're just looking at it and they're like, what the fuck can we do? That's nothing. Crazy. They can't do anything. Literally nothing. <laughs> it's great. Final Fantasy VII, great game. If you haven't played the original... I don't care if it, I don't like turn-based. It made me like turn-based games. Well, they also have the the new version. I played the new version with the with the fast forwarding and and stuff like that. It did make yeah. it easier. Yeah, and the fights a little more fun to me. To me. Oh, oh, you mean you mean <sighs> remake? Yeah, the remake. No, but the re see, it's not a remake. It's Final Fantasy VII remake. It's because they're remaking the storyline. It's a different timeline. It's a, oh it's yeah, a, oh yeah, because you a more Seth of a sequel. way earlier. It's more of a sequel. Yeah. Because you Sephiroth thing is, way earlier, right? Yes. And during the game, Sephiroth and Aerith say shit. And then the everyone's like, what do you mean by that? And they're like, oh, never mind. Because it's <laughs> like they know what happened already. It's like they're trying to... Aerith is trying to win better. Because the way they win in the original, it's kind of like not really. Mm -hmm. But they they do and then obviously sephiroth loses so sephiroth is trying to win and Aerith is like let me uh stay alive this time <laughs> i feel like are they still gonna i feel like they're still gonna incorporate her death in there they, there's no way they can't they, they don't if do they that. don't no they have to they have to they have to because for people who haven't played the original and for somehow don't know they have to be like oh right there's, there's and no i don't way. think if Tifa dies, I don't think it's the same. Because Tifa's just the hot girl. Yeah. She's a good character. <laughs> I like her. She's very, like, 
cool and shit, but like she can she can go in the side character episode. Yeah, because the reason why Aerith is so fucking important is because she's an ancient and she's the only one who could summon holy and save the world the earth, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotcha. That's <laughs> she's more important than Cloud. Honestly. Uh <laughs> that's funny. Um Yeah, I went on a I went on a long tangent there. <laughs> that's fine. Um who else? I know Gianni I know you got some thoughts about Xehanort being he kinda, he, did he fall on the same like scope of Sephiroth in terms of characters like that or no? Uh, I mean, again, I I am the biggest fan, one of the biggest fans of Kingdom Hearts, but this is why this gives me precedent to shit on it when I can. Because <laughs> the thing is, Xehanort, I think Xehanort falls under the very calculated category he does he's not he's not really that crazy like he didn't do anything crazy where i'm like <laughs> but the, th- the i don't know i guess the reason why i like sephiroth more is that xehanort's just a little bit more ridiculous because that's the vibe of kingdom hearts mm-hmm. you know, fucking the reveal of zigbar being norded He's like, I'm already oh, half Xehanort. I'm like, what? Norted is hilarious. Yeah, bro. <laughs> basically, uh, Organization 13 are are all Horcruxes, basically. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've played Kingdom Hearts. I remember that. Like, we're literally, everybody could turn into Xehanort at any point in time. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, mean, like. When he gets old, he needs to find a new body, so he takes over Terra because he's young, and he's got to keep... And then he brings his young version forward in time. Like, he's just very calculated, but to the point where it's just a little ridiculous sometimes. Yeah, he definitely gave me gives me, like, the... I guess when I was first playing Kingdom Hearts and all that kind of stuff and first learning about Xehanort and stuff, he definitely gave me, like, a Voldemort-type vibe. Oh, the thing, the difference between like him and Voldemort is like they explicitly say, like, "Oh, Xehanort this, Xehanort that. Make sure you watch out for Xehanort, whatever." In Harry Potter, it's like, you know, you're an evil dude when people can't even mention your name. Yeah, like he must not be named might be one of the hardest things I've That's ever heard so in media ever. <laughs> he must not be named is so dope. <laughs> like I tell you, know you're an evil dude. The boy who lived. Come right. to die. Yeah, and he's... I think he's I'm on a Kadabra! <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. His design is also freaky. Just no nose. Yeah, why Just, doesn't he have a nose? I, I don't remember. I'm a pretty remember. big Harry Potter fan, but I don't know why... Because it looks I remember. sick. Yeah, no nose, just vibes. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know why he doesn't have a nose. I feel like... You know, I feel like Holly or Jazz, because they read... A lot of Harry Potter. If you guys are listening to this, let me know. <laughs> let me know. Um, but, yeah, I think he's super interesting, too, in the world of Harry Potter. Because, you know, any any villain that is unable to be named by regular people <laughs> should have some kind of merit to him. <laughs> oh, okay. You know what? He kind of, like you said, uh, Xehanort gives you Voldemort vibes. They are pretty similar but I just, I don't understand how, like, Voldemort just isn't ridiculous. He's not as campy. Even no. though he lives on the back of some fucking guy's head. Like, he just <laughs> comes back. 
well, I am Tom Riddle, and he just keeps coming back and coming back, but he's more sinister than than Xehanort. Yeah, like, you, with Xehanort, you're like, like, oh, my God, he's evil, like, I can't believe he's doing this, but you don't really get the same feeling when he pops up on screen as you would with Voldemort, and even Sethoroth, too, like, you just... They show up and you're like, holy shit! <laughs> like, yeah, I'm... when when Xehanort pops up, you're you're. It's more like, all right, Sora, do your thing. Yes. When Voldemort pops up, you're like, holy shit, the school is destroyed. It's over. Yes. <laughs> That's basically what what it is. Honestly, he shows up, and you're like, uh, shit's hitting the fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess you know, going back to video games, and it wouldn't be a uh, a video if I didn't talk about Destiny. Um, <laughs> I think the darkness and how they kind of set that up, now with Destiny getting more towards the end of its life cycle and end of its storyline, being like having us seen the dark, like, not necessarily seen the darkness, but like seeing who's the the guy that's basically running it or just the entity that's running it and how they kind of play into how they play into everything in terms of lore and, and just the story that you've been on so far as like a guardian playing. Cause basically they kind of introduce you to the darkness very, very, very early in the game. Like super early. They explain like, Oh, we got to fight back against enemies of the darkness and this, that, and that, or whatever. And every time you die, it says darkness consumes you or some shit like that. That was in destiny one. They, they, they changed, I think the death's title to your light fades away. And I think it was probably a, a better choice for them to do this. Basically, like, they had this thing where every villain that you fight, whether it be the Vex, Fallen, well, the Vex, and, like, the Hive, and sometimes the Fallen, I think, were all influenced by the darkness, essentially. Since the creation of Destiny 2 and since lore has been a little more accessible in that area, they've tweaked it to now where it's, like, the Vex... And the Hive are the two main entities that kind of worship the darkness. The, the Fallen have their own little thing going on. Same thing with the Cabal. But I just kind of enjoy how much how much they've like influenced everything in terms of how you, like, the enemies you come across. Because, like, now they've gotten to the point now where certain entities from different people you meet get influenced by the darkness even this like this most recent like expansion with the witch queen which is basically like the hive the high princess savathun which she's a great character too because basically she's had a hand in some of the stuff that's gone on since like the second expansion of division of d2 it's like crazy cuz obviously you're not really going to play it so i can kind of talk about it a little bit but yeah, basically yeah, yeah. the What's the what expansion was it? Was it? Can't remember what season it was, but basically it was the oh the the one where you basically talk to this warlock Osiris, right? And it's basically like he's this warlock who's who was banished from the tower from the last city from the vanguard, and he basically spends most of his time exploring the Vex and basically exploring because the Vex are these these weird entities that basically he's exploring this this timeline of Vex. And making sure they don't do anything to alter any timelines to make sure they win, basically. He's basically, like, trying to prevent that from happening. Apparently, he's been, he was, that wasn't him we were talking to for the entire expansion. 
that wasn't him we were talking to. For the entire expansion, we were talking to this witch queen, Savathun, who basically took over Osiris's body and was learning about everything in terms of like the light, the traveler, all that stuff from oh, us. Shit. Oh shit. During that entire expansion. So you see like how like crazy how deep the lore gets, which I love which one thing I love about Destiny, but Yeah. So basically like, that that happens and then like she takes over like this other person that and like has an influence in another uh another like key figure in Destiny who ends up killing one of our like a main character in the Vanguard before he kind of like before we end up like getting our our get back or whatever and killing him but she had a plan in that and then what's crazy is when you fought when you have like an expansion that's based on her like the witch queen like you're trying Mm -hmm. to kill her it comes out that she was influenced by the darkness and did not even know it oh so when we when we when we like go through her story and we figure out like how she came to power what what she ended up doing we learned that this entity called the witness basically he's in control of the darkness like when you talk about the darkness you think of the witness he basically tricked Sabathun into literally manipulating all of the events up until this point of the story so it's super layered you see how crazy that is it's super layered so like i think like the darkness and the witness are like two super dope like very interesting entities in in just video games and like storytelling so i think god is thunder super loud in my my crib (laughs) like my room is like shaking um but yeah so that's basically what i uh for for destiny i know it wouldn't be a a video if i didn't mention that (laughs) i have because now you reminded me uh i'm throwing my hat in the ring of of bad villains oh yes um I think we've talked about it on the pod before. Marvel's becoming a lot, uh, a little much, and uh, it's kind of it ta- it's taking a toll on obviously their CGI artists, and I think it's taking a toll on uh, their writers as well. Because at the beginning of the pandemic, Wandavision comes out. And I genuinely like WandaVision. I think it's a mm-hmm. great premise. It's got a lot of cool artistic like tricks here and there. And it has like weird, scary shorts. It's like, okay, this is cool. And then, that, okay, again, this whole episode is spoilers for anything. Um, <laughs> we just put a big spoiler warning for yeah, you, for before you, we put it out. It turns out at the end, like Wanda is doing all this out of sadness she's so sad that she had to she stole a whole city to create her own little paradise that's cool and i recently saw doctor strange in the multiverse of madness yes cool uh ideas i guess in it uh i can i can see sam raimi's uh style and a bunch of stuff like there's a lot of cool camera tricks and and there's like the spirits of the damned come out and they're all like zombies. It's sick. It's really cool. But the writing is so bad. Not only is it riddled with he's right behind me, isn't he? Type writing. Yeah. But like at the end of WandaVision, Wanda is studying the Darkhold. And the Darkhold 
it's 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 a book. Whoever reads it, their darkest dreams come out, and like they they basically turn evil. Mm-hmm. And so the main antagonist of Doctor Strange is Wanda, and she's trying to do all this stuff, and she has a really cool scene where she fucking mercs the Illuminati. Like, have you seen it? Mm-mm. But she, I saw. I think I saw the clip of what's her name getting just destroyed. What was her name? She cuts Captain Carter in half. Yes, with, with her shield, sword. Yes, I mean yes, with her shield. She, yes, I saw that. Part. She crushes Black Bolt's skull. She takes first. She takes away his mouth. That's like you know, if he talks, he fucking destroys things. Yeah, takes away his mouth. Then literally, you see his skull fucking crack. His eyes get bloodshot and the blood comes out of his nose it's sick she turns mr fantastic into spaghetti (laughs) after after asking she asks him she asks him do your children have a mother and he says yes and she goes good there's someone left to raise them then just fucking fucking murks him that's cold that's cold and then in that universe they have a black captain marvel and she she literally she just brings a statue onto her and she fucking gets crushed she fucking oh and in like the mind she fucking rips professor x's head in half it's not she doesn't break his neck if you do it frame by frame his head is getting like separated oh it's cool but then at the end she's doing all this under the dark hold but then at the end she, she, her whole thing is she wants to go to a different dimension where her kids are real and become their mother. The Darkhold is just supposed to be evil. Just evil. Straight up menace. She's supposed to be a menace. Yes. She goes to the dimension to take her kids and obviously her kids are like, no, we have a mom in this dimension. That's our mom. And she, when she sees that, she backs down. She's still possessed by the dark hold what would have made the whole thing better is if somehow they exercise her because it's a fucking sam raimi movie he loves the paranormal let there be an exorcist and then yeah. they kill the dark hold spirit or something no still possessed by the dark hold she sees that and she's like what have i done uh, and then it's like yeah. it's so it's so cringy like dude you're so you have black hands like she, you could see that she's getting corrupted yeah how, how did that just change your mind you killed yeah. so many people <laughs> like she went on a murder spree it, it i was like dude what it's not even that like dr strange was like don't do this he he didn't do anything yeah that's crazy Again, dude, he, like, possesses a zombie version of himself, and he's, like, a zombie Doctor Strange. It's badass. The writing is so fucking bad in that movie. (laughs) It makes the villain just so boring. Yeah. I feel like that would have been, oh, man, that would have been so much better. Like, if they just, like, find a way to have this big battle between Wanda and Doctor Strange... The thing is, like, they kind of do. To end the movie, but... They kind of do. Like, they're fighting for a little bit, but the the resolution was America Chavez, 
the, there she's introduced in this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, I just love like when she punches holes into different dimensions. They're in the shape of stars. Like it's campy, but it's cool because it's a comic book movie. And what yeah. she does is she finally controls it, obviously, and then she's like, "I'm gonna give you what you want." And then she fucking punches a hole into the dimension with the kids, and then that's when they meet. And it's like this is a Doctor Strange movie, not an America Chavez movie. Yeah. They were already on a big altar. So, like, find a way to tie her down because Wong is there too. You know, he can help. Yeah. Somehow tie her down and, and Doctor Strange as a zombie with a cape made of the souls of the damned because that's literally what happens. Do some crazy fucking exercise this beast. That would have been sick. <laughs> it would have made the villain way more interesting. Yeah, because, because then you... the villain would have been the Darkhold, actually. And it would have made sense why she was such a menace. And then it would have made Wanda more interesting because she's like, oh, I need to, like, heal myself and get rid of all these emotions. But no, she's still possessed. And she's like, oh, I'm going to... It's it's It was annoying. It was annoying. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's kind of that's tough. I'll say... Because you don't really get, like, the resolution of having, like, a, a character get their comeuppance, I guess. Or their, the, you see, seeing the villain, like, have the payoff of getting defeated. You know what I'm saying? It's more so just like, ah, uh, that's kind of. Dude, she literally, she turns around and then she's going to destroy the altar that she's at. And then she, like, tells, she, like, looks at Doctor Strange and America Chavez. She's like, run. I'll hold him back. And it's like, why now? Why now? What changed? <laughs> oh man yeah because you don't really get to see the the resolution really like a good resolution and like, it's it's like implored that she destroys the dark hold in every universe so it's like did she did she kill herself because she's still possessed like you don't know what what happens oh man that's rough i'll still probably go watch it but that's rough <laughs> it's got a lot of cool ideas and like cool visuals until yeah. until this one scene where you can really tell the CGI is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh man. I, I, I will say though, we're probably going to get our next Thanos when it comes to Marvel when, when uh, secret wars and the Kang dynasty comes out. Brother. I'm so excited for that. I, I, I'm did so you ever excited. Watch Loki? I need to, I'm probably going to, like, once I get done with my sports anime binge, I'm going to go watch Loki. I, I, I genuinely I enjoy Loki. I think a little bit more than WandaVision because it's mm-hmm. a little bit more ridiculous. And when I'm watching comic book movies, I kind of I want it to go campy, you know? Yeah. But um, bro, the the actor they got for Kang is perfect too. Jonathan Majors. Yes. He's gonna be sick. He's a straight menace. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about his backstory. Make him kill people. That's what I'm, bro, I hope so. I hope he just just comes through and wrecks. <laughs> That's what I really want. Because <laughs> like it's kind of the same thing with well, not the same thing, but I, you know, Thanos was a def, definitely like an interesting villain. Yeah, because he he had like a a plan. He had a plan where he like he genuinely thought he was the good guy. Yeah, which I, I find when when villains think they're doing a good thing, when villains think they're helping out. I find that very interesting because it's like, what's what's your what's your mind? What's your thought? What are you thinking about? This? Yeah, yeah. And then his 
his entrance, like when his, his, <laughs> I always laugh. The fight with him and Hulk is one of the funniest. <laughs> he made Hulk a bitch. He made Hulk a hoe. <laughs> he turned Hulk into a nerd. Oh my God. He turned Hulk into a family man. I'm fucking screaming. <laughs> like, the funniest thing I, in the in the moment though I was like dang like that this is real this is like real, and then when I think back at the clip when I watch the clip and I'll think back about it, old buddy was like oh let him have his fun because you because you start out thinking like oh like Hulk holding his own like I think the the Avengers might have like a tough time but they're you know they're gonna win or whatever. That man got his hits in and then it was a done deal after that. Well, <laughs> he he turned he made Hulk have tantrums. When Bruce Banner was like, yo, come on, come out. And he goes, no. Yeah, nah. He's like, he, holy shit. Like, you know how much, <laughs> you know how bad you got to be somebody to scare the Hulk? That man, is, that man is just the embodiment of chaos and black Air Force energy. <laughs> you make him scared. <laughs> it's a done deal. <laughs> oh, my he, God. He man. literally turned Hulk into an influencer. <laughs> Oh shit, <laughs> that's funny. But fucking, and, but but Kang, that man doesn't give a fuck. That that leaked clip with Ant Man, where he's like, "I'm an Avenger," and he's like, "Have I killed you yet?" Yo, because he's been to so many fucking dimensions. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, no, I'm super excited for that. I think <laughs> he's gonna be crazy. I really hope there's he catches bodies, because like it it wouldn't really be. Him would it be it wouldn't be Kang if he didn't catch bodies. That's all I'm saying. They're definitely not gonna kill Spider Man. I think Tom Holland. He's too, he's too marketable. Too, yeah, he's he's too. Which you know, I I have my qualms with with Marvel, but Spider Man's too likable. He's he's, but he's got to kill somebody. Yeah, somebody I, big. He's gonna kill Ant Man. <laughs> he might. I think but that clip it, is before he ends up dying. Most for disaster. It would be sick if he killed someone big. Like if he, like if Bruce Banner just fucking bites it, or if he fucking kills Thor. <sighs> I don't know. Okay, that would be crazy. I think it's a situation where the Hulk dying for me wouldn't be as 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 crazy to me because if you they watch, they can't write the Hulk, Brent. They can't write him. They don't know how to write him. They write him like obviously turning him into like a hoe and like scaring the Hulk after the Thanos fight. That's fine. Right. That makes sense. But now you have to have the situation where the Hulk is more comfortable getting out of his own body now. And like actually wanting to fight. You see the fucking, the she Hulk like clip where he's teaching her how to be the Hulk. He still looks like the fucking influencer with the glasses. Professor Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of annoying. So like if he Bro. so if, if Bruce Banner was to actually get killed by Kang like I really wouldn't do anything for me or probably any other person in the audience. When I was a bigger Marvel fan, I'm not gonna say I'm a full hater. I I, I genuinely am. I grew up with the comics, so I I'm excited when they announce stuff and I'm like, wow, they're doing Secret Wars. That's sick. Mm-hmm. But when when it was like cool to be a Marvel fan, I since day one I hated the first Avengers movie. Because of the Hulk. I oh, hate yeah. the scene where he oh, goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's my secret. I'm always mad. 
What do you mean? How'd you come up with that? Where? You landed somewhere else with some random guy. Because that's, you know, he stands up and there's some, like, random homeless man near him. Yeah. And now you're just always mad? What the fuck does that mean? I hate that movie. I also hate... <laughs> I don't like Captain America's fucking suit in that movie, but that's that's neither here nor there. It's just they can't write the fucking Hulk. Yeah, they can't. Do they ever have... I don't know if I ever watched it. Do they have a standalone movie for the Hulk? Uh, Yeah, but that was... One, it was Ed Norton as the yep. Hulk. Two, yep. that was when Marvel was still under Paramount. The first two Iron Man movies are Paramount Pictures. I didn't realize that. And the Hulk. And then Disney... Yeah. And I think Captain America 1 is 2. So they were still doing the universe. And then Disney bought them out. And then that's yeah. why yeah. it succeeded. Hot take. They should have kept Ed, the Ed Norton Hulk. Because I, I saw some clips. And I remember watching that movie. He was fucking people up. Yeah, but the thing is... Ed Norton is supposedly really hard to work with. And he just didn't want to come back. That's fine. Yeah, it makes sense. Mark Ruffalo <laughs> is kind of like America's sweetheart. Like everyone likes that guy. That okay and I've, okay we're getting on protagonist now, F we're almost at the end of the episode anyway. I don't care. We're actually talking. We're talking more about celebrities now. <laughs> I know, but I think the how Mark Ruffalo looks as a as it relates to who Bruce Banner is doesn't work for me. Is it because like, he's too goofy? He just looks like too nice of a person to be the Hulk. Yeah, which I mean, could work. Which could work if they were to write him better. Where it was yeah. like he's like a very like unassuming nice guy, but gets pissed off and becomes the Hulk. That would be great. But since they don't know how to write him the right way, it becomes a weird thing for me where now like Mark Ruffalo to look doesn't look like the person that would get mad as Bruce Banner and, and turn into the Hulk, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically it. Yeah. So hopefully, I don't know what the fuck Marvel does. Yeah. Hopefully they calm down, but it looks like they're not calming down for another five years. Yeah, I don't know what they're gonna. <laughs> they're just gonna just keep pumping them out. If people are gonna keep watching and liking the movies, they're gonna keep pumping them out. See, we've been talking about the worst villain of them all. <laughs> Marvel. Marvel's capitalistic schemes. Yes. <laughs> so, so <laughs> in terms of overall worst antagonist, it's, it's the Catholic Church, capitalism, and Marvel Studios. <laughs> That's where, we've, that's where we've landed so far. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, kind of went through this one kind of fast, too. It, it was an hour 15 <laughs> already. I know. We, we had a lot to talk about. I know. It's crazy. But, um, but yeah, you know, if you enjoyed oh, – do any, anyone – you want to shoot your shot at anybody again? Yes? No? Before I do Not this outro? Not today. Do this outro? Okay. Not today. To make sure we're good uh yeah follow us on socials at andre alonzo 17 at nostalgia plus ultra on instagram at nost plus ultra on twitter shout out to anime lytical and the shogo high collective shout out to black anime podcast shout out to anime after dark uh on twitter spaces shout out to everybody that's uh, a mutual of mine on twitter that's been fucking with the podcast and fuck with me on twitter i appreciate every single one of y'all y'all are super dope um so yeah uh, wait, wait, wait. You got any music recs? Oh, shit. Because I have one big one that I've been listening to for the past week. If anybody Whoa. likes 
vaporwave or new age funk music, you need to listen to Macross 82-99. He is phenomenal, phenomenal, like, vaporwave funk DJ. Uh, he has three uh, mixtapes that he's known for that they're called Sailor Wave. And they all have yeah. Sail- Sailor Moon on the cover. That's cool. Um, but my favorite album by him is A Million Miles Away. Which, like, th- like this is the album cover. I don't know if you can see that. I can kind of see it. It's, that's dope. Please. Ah, <laughs> it's not going to focus. Um, yeah, dude. He. It's really funny because his whole aesthetic is, like, Japan and anime. And, like, he has, like, songs called Night in Tokyo. Or most of the Sailor Wave names on the first one are all in Japanese. Yeah. But he's a Mex he's like he's Mexican. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> he's just a big weeb, but he makes phenomenal, phenomenal funk music. Yeah. Uh so yeah, listen to any of the Sailor Wave albums or uh a million miles away because they're okay. phenomenal. Awesome. Awesome. So that's been all for today. Uh, I've been nostalgia as told by Zoe. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.